Okay. Welcome to Checking It from the Cheap Seats with Coach Thompson. This is uh, episode two of the podcast that we're working on with the Bari Media class. And, and today we are going to be joined by one of the best young coaches in the state of Indiana. On the, on the podcast with us today, we've got Coach Matt Moore from Warsaw. Coach, thanks for being on with us today. Coach, it's an absolute pleasure, and uh, I'm excited for you and what you're journeying through here, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. That, that's awesome, Coach. I, I really, you know, we're, we're not close friends um, where, you know, you and I are hanging out on the weekends or anything like that, but, you know, I've really enjoyed how our relationships developed. You, you've really helped me with some stuff offensively. Uh, we'll get into that later. Um but, you know, I just I appreciate the relationship that I have with other coaches and especially the one that I have with you that I can text you. I can ask you to do things like this and you jump at opportunities. Uh, you're going to be coming down to French Lick and speaking at the HBCA clinic here in a couple weeks. Uh, you and I are going to be at the Boar's Nest together in October. And, and I just I, again, I appreciate the heck out of everything you do for Indiana basketball and and uh, appreciate the friendship that we've kind of grown. Well, it's definitely a special fraternity, and and you know this is my, you know we're we're similar in age. I think you you know you're you're in the the twenty years of the profession, or maybe a little more. This is my twentieth season, uh, not playing, but but wearing a suit. And uh, you know, you through the journey, you realize that you know that there's a lot of guys that are that are walking the same path in in many ways, and um, it's just fun for me to to you know as I've gotten into this a little bit further each year and. You think you know a lot about, you know, what you're trying to pour yourself into. And then you get to surround yourself with other guys through different experiences like yourself and Heath Howington and, you know, Garrett Weininger and other guys that, that just kind of continue to help you grow. And and that's what excites me about this. And, and, and I'm really looking forward to the season ahead. But, you know, with a lot of preseason still to go, I'm, I'm anxious to still get better. Well, you know, Coach, one of the things that, that I enjoy about this project is, you know, we've got some coaches uh, that are going to be on here that are, are I consider to be some of the best coaches in the state of Indiana here in the coming weeks and, and yourself included. But it's like Coach Hoover um, that runs D1 camp. Uh, he always talks about how he enjoys talking to coaches. And, you know, then he goes into, I don't like talking to administrators. I don't like talking to school board members. I don't like talking to parents. I like talking to coaches. And uh, that's one of the things that's exciting for me with this podcast. And, again, just thanks for being on today. So, uh, listeners, you are listening to the Checking It from the Cheap Seats podcast with uh, myself, Josh Thompson. And today we're joined by uh, Coach Matt Moore of the Warsaw Tigers and uh, this week's edition uh, of the podcast is brought to you by Shoot Away and Bruce Hell, uh, who can hook you up with a new 12,000 edition gun. You can get contact with Bruce there in Indianapolis at 317-767-5543 and we're also brought to you this week by Jeff Neal and BSN Sports out of Evansville and if you need any athletic uh, equipment and apparel needs 812 043808 is Jeff Neal. Well, Coach, um, I'll tell you what. We start this off by you giving us a, a, a kind of a brief two-minute biography and, and let listeners who don't know you as well as I do or people like your former assistant, Josh Burkett, who's doing very well for himself now uh, yep. as a new AD. But give us the two-minute Matt Moore biography. Well, I uh, grew up in a small town, Columbia City, Indiana, northern Indiana, and uh, just 
fell in love with the game. I was a four-year starter at the high school. Uh, went on to play college basketball just down the road at Grace College, which is here in Warsaw, Indiana. And uh, after that experience, just knew that, it, you know, I knew at an early age I wanted to coach Indiana high school basketball. I knew as a sixth grader that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I went and uh, right out of, right out of college, I had an opportunity to, to either go back to Columbia City, uh, where my brothers were seniors that year, or head to Logan Sport with Al Rhodes. And, and I chose to, to take the the path less traveled probably, which was a, a difficult decision, but I went to Logan Sport for those three years and just very invaluable for me of, of learning how to build a program and, and, you know, sitting with what I consider one of the masters of the game uh, in Coach Rhodes of, of how to establish a program. And so um, he was he was very uh, just tremendous for me on, on giving me access to stuff. And so... Uh, from that experience, then I had the opportunity to come back to the collegiate level to Grace College as, a, as an associate head coach, where my brothers were uh, were juniors at the time. And so I spent three years with Jim Kessler as his assistant. Uh, again, another another powerful person in my life and one of my mentors who just kind of, you know, he gave me a lot of opportunity to, to succeed and fail in something I thought. You know, I, I thought I could be pretty good at, but I, I really didn't know uh, what I didn't know. And um, you know, one of my goals growing up was I had a list, uh, it's a 30 by 30, 30 things I wanted to do by the time I was 30 years old. And, uh, one of those things I wanted to be a head coach. And, uh, I ended up getting my first head coaching opportunity two weeks before I turned 30 years old at the, <laughs> uh, at the NAI level at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. And, uh, just an awesome experience. And, and, and coach Rhodes always said this when I was with him in those times, those times at Logan Sport. Um, you're always in a job interview. And so we talked to our guys a lot about that. And, and uniquely, um, two years prior, our great college team went over to Mount Vernon. They were ranked number nine in the country. Uh, it was their homecoming, which they'd never been beaten at homecoming, and we beat them by 26. And so in, in many ways, when I interviewed for that job, uh, that outing that night probably got me the interview. And then in the interview, then you got to win the room. And, and mm-hmm. I, I did that. And uh, just a great experience for me. But, um, you know, I, I kind of did it backwards, though. I mean, I, I wanted to be a high school coach in Indiana. So I got my college job. I was there for five years. It was a great experience. And then family started growing. And, and you know, in the state of Ohio, they don't have John Harrell's website. And so it's a little harder to find games like it is here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I got a call from, from Mike Wade at Kokomo and said, hey, we got a, we got a job here. What do you think about coming back and, and taking a look at it? So, you know, it was exciting for me to, to have my first basketball opportunity in Indiana uh, as a head coach being at a, at, a, at a program like Kokomo, which I consider one of the premier jobs and, and one of the premier uh, arenas uh, in the state. And so had a great experience there for three years and, you know, again, just had unique experiences. We had fishers on our schedule and uh, we played them well and, and probably played a little bit better than than we should have when we played them and beat them a few times. And, you know, the, the third year I was at Kokomo, I got a call when, when uh, Joe Leonard stepped down at Fishers and, you know, they, they asked me an interview for that job. And so I went and another great opportunity, a, a program that was on the rise. And, you know, in that time there, we were able to, to put together the most wins in school history. And in the first three years had back-to-back seasons of, of most wins in a season and just had a lot of really, really neat things going. And then, you know, I get a call from uh, from the, the town essentially I'm from, and, you know, from Columbia City, but but grew up just down the road from Warsaw, and mm-hmm. 
You know, my, my mom and dad are here. My brother Scott's the head coach at the College of Grace now. My brother Marcus, his twin, is is uh, it coaches there at the school too. My sister Nicole is here. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of things about the position uh, that, that were really appealing to me. But more than that, it, it was a it was a family decision, just being able to come home. And so, you know, I've had a lot of a lot of really neat experiences in my 20 years as a as a young basketball coach, and, and very fortunate to, to land where I am here at Warsaw now. Yeah, and and doing an absolute fantastic job there in your first year. You come in there and. And one of the toughest years that, that I can ever remember coaching, obviously dealing with the COVID and and uh, all the other dynamics of having to pick up games and, and you go in there and you win 15, 16 games in your first year. So that that's impressive in and of itself, Coach. Uh, you, you touched on your family a little bit. You are the dad of four girls, right? Four I, girls and a little boy. I got five now. Okay, so you got five now. But – I had one daughter. We dropped her off at IU last weekend, and that, yeah. and, and that about did me in. And you've got four. How how do you handle that? <laughs> Man, it, you know what? It's it, it truly for me. You know, as, as a as a male, as a dad, as a as a former athlete, um, that's a coach. You know, I think all of us in some capacity. You know, we want boys. We want to coach our boys. Yeah, kind yeah. of that natural bent that, that we all have. And yeah. And then, you know, when, when you start having daughters, um, it, your, your perspective changed. My patience just improved. There's just a lot of things about being a dad. Of, you know, as Kobe said, you know, he's a girl dad. Yeah. I think it's really helped me um, evolve mm-hmm. as a mentor and as somebody who, um, you know, has better relationships with, with my players. Because now, you know, you're talking through the lens of, you know, how they treat um, their, their future wives and, and how they treat their moms and all those things that are invaluable that, that you see is from the perspective of the dad. And, and, you know, I had I had a great, um, our older sister, Nicole, um, super supportive. You know, I had a, had a great mom who was, was a huge fan and just, mm-hmm. just loved the support. So, you know, having daughters, man, it's been one of the coolest things for me because, you know, I just get to be dad and, and you know, they, they use the coach thing every now and then. If there's yeah. a boy in their class messing with them, they're like, hey, man, my dad's coach. You better watch out. So. Well, that, that's what I was getting ready to say, Matt, is, is wait until those girls get older and one of your players starts dating your daughter. And I, I, oh, yeah. I, I had that situation when I was at Vincennes. My daughter was a freshman over there. Uh, she was dating one of, the, one of the kids that played on our freshman team. Um, and then when we came over here to Bar Eve, uh, then I coached my, my daughter's boyfriend, uh, his junior and senior year, and and luckily he could play. There you go. There you go. But uh, no, it, it, it's great. And like you said, I, I never thought that I would get into volleyball as much as I did. Uh, being a dad of of a daughter who was very talented in that sport, and and I know volleyball's big up there in that area. So I'm sure yeah. your, your daughters will get involved in some things, and you'll enjoy watching them as they grow. So um, you know, coach, you talked about Coach Rhodes, Coach Kessler. You know, some big names and some people that gave you opportunities as athletic director. But who would you say outside of basketball has been your biggest influence in coaching? And I know you talked about your daughters as well, but outside of basketball, who, who's influenced you the most? I mean, there's there's three people for me that have been, if, if you look at my, my trajectory and, and the passion and the love for it, I mean, first is my dad. I mm-hmm. mean, 
you know, I, I moved back to Warsaw in, in great part because I get to see my dad every day. You yeah. know, he comes to practices. He comes to every game. He's in good health. Um, and he's kind of the one that, that opened the doors for me. Never really, you know, made me play, um, but, but always offered it to me and supported me. And, and, and I feel that, and I still do. I mean, he's someone who is, he, you know, I'm 42, and he comes to everything. We talk about stuff. And so he's one that really opened the door for me. Um, you know, I remember watching IU games with him all the time back in the, the 80s and 90s. And, and, I mean, all that stuff and time we spent together was invaluable for me to fall in love with it. And it was – I had to fall in love with it. It wasn't, it wasn't him forcing me. Uh, it was mine. And then, you know, a, a very close friend of his who used to be a high school coach in Indiana, Jerry Garrado, um, coached up at, at Griffith for a long time and was at Bishop Lewis for a while, was at Columbia City for a little bit. Um he was somebody that was very uh, influential on me on, you know, he's a, he's very, uh, Jim Valvano, uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy V was, you know, just very passionate and fiery and, mm-hmm. and Jerry Garada was that way. And, and somebody who I'm still very close with. And he counsels me at times if I have questions and, and has a good temperament about some things that, that I can improve on. Um, and, and then, you know, I, my high school coach, you know, Chris Benedict for me was somebody that came in my life at the right time. Um, you know, we, we, uh, first two years of high school, I didn't have a great experience and, you know, kind of fell out of love with the game and, and coach Benedict came in and, um, you know, it was just, it, it was the right guy at the right time. And I, I was at his house every night and every, you know, in the summertime and, you know, his, <laughs> his second son's name is Matt. And, you know, there, there was just a unique bond there that I had with him that, that was very, uh, profound for me at that age in my life. And so. You know, between my father, between Jerry Garrado, and between Coach Benedict as an adolescent coming up, and those really were, were three people that kind of formed me into the direction I am today. Well, that's awesome. You know, when, when you hear people talk about the relationship that they had with their high school coach and sometimes that, that influence that leads them into coaching, and, and I, 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 you know, feel the same way about my high school coach, Ron McBride, and the relationship that I developed with him. And one of the great things that I was able to do is go back and coach with him. And the great thing about that was sitting there in the coach's office and asking Coach McBride, hey, when we had this situation when I was in high school and you dealt with it this way, like what went into that decision? And that was great yeah. to be able to pick his brain and do that. Um, again, you're listening to the Checking It from the Cheap Seats podcast uh, with Coach Thompson. And today our guest is uh, Matt Moore, head coach at Warsaw. Um, coach, one of the things that I love about you is how you promote your program and the the, the uh, hashtag that you use or, the, or the, the mantra of old school tough. Where did that come from? And kind of explain to our listeners what that's all about. Yeah, yeah that, that was one of those, you know, kind of a natural thing. You know, I'm, I, I think I was probably uh, born in the wrong generation of, of high school coaches in Indiana. <laughs> I think I was probably 20 years too late. Um, just, I mean, I, I mean, I love it, man. I've mm-hmm. got, you know, I'm sitting in my basement right now and I've got, you know, I, I my number was 22. Mm-hmm. And so I, I collect 22 jerseys. And so I have, yeah. uh, I think 88 number 22 jerseys from different people, at different times, all everywhere I've been like, you know, so I think it's important that for me to, to just really look at the ways that I've, fall in love with the game and the, the, the people who have impacted me through. And, you know, for me as a player, you know, you, you had a kid recently, a point guard that, that was, you know, a, a guy that 
um, did some pretty wonderful things, not not only for your team, but just, you know, he set, you know, the assist record, which is a big deal. And for mm-hmm. somebody who played the point guard position, um, you know, I look at that and I'm like, you know, that, that's special. And, and I was never, I was an, an eight-year starter, four years in high school, four years in college, and I never averaged double figures in scoring. And, mm-hmm. and that wasn't, that wasn't me. That wasn't my role, but my role was to lead my guys and, and to just be tough. And so yeah. um, that was just kind of how I played the game. And, mm-hmm. and I love to compete. And, you know, my, my brothers and I all played at Grace College and we're one, two, and three in minutes played mm-hmm. um, at Grace College. And I think that's just kind of who we were growing up and that, that mindset of being tough. And so, um, you know, that was something as I took the job and I thought about Warsaw, um, having played them through the Coach Rhodes era. I mean, the Warsaw guys were just, bigger and stronger and meaner than everybody else that we played. Yeah. They were just tough. And yeah. and that was just something that I felt like, you know, when I thought of, of Warsaw, I just that they were just old school tough. And and so we wanted to wear that. I mean we have a, a, a very proud tradition. Um, and our fan base is tremendous and, and mm-hmm. I just think it's really, really cool to kind of walk back in that, you know, I'm forty two and for the last 41 years there have been two guys in my position Al Rhodes and Doug Ogle mm-hmm. um, so it's obviously a special place even in today's modern game a little bit uh, with how much turnover there is in the game but yeah I mean for us it's just it's a mindset it's a lifestyle it's you know we're not going to take the easy way out we're going to we're going to beef up our schedule we're going to try to play some tougher teams we're going to try to do some things that, that challenge you guys mm-hmm. mentally physically emotionally in ways that you probably aren't ready for and and my hope then is, is those guys that come through our program that go on to the college level. You know, every, I, you know, I tell guys, you know, I've been a college coach for nine years. Like, not every freshman wants to be there halfway through their freshman year because it's going to be hard. Yes. And, well, my job's not to get you to college. My job's to help you get through your freshman year. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be, if you go through our program, you're ready, you're mentally capable to physically, mentally, emotionally make it through that first year because, You've seen the pro these days, Coach. Guys don't play, and they, they want to go on. They want to go find the next best thing. And so Get we want our guys to be, portal. <laughs> yeah, they, we just want guys to be tougher than that. We want yeah. them to, to find your fit, and let's get there, and let's go to work. And that's kind of what the mantra means. No, I, I love it. I, I, when you got the job and you started using that, I thought, man, that's perfect. Because not being around Warsaw and growing up in that area – it was just, you know, when when those when Al would bring teams to the state finals, and I remember being a little kid and going to the Final Four and seeing Warsaw, like that's what I thought. I just thought of old school tough, and I thought this is perfect that Matt's going to use this with his team. That, that's that's great. And like you said, the mindset of having those guys prepared to get through their freshman year, and and even guys that don't go on to play college basketball, if they go through a program like that that's demanding and it's tough, it sets them up for success life and and i just that's one of the things i love most about what you guys are doing up there so coach you know you talked about being 42 years old and you know you've you've been a college head coach you've been a college coach for nine years you've been a head coach now at uh, kokomo at fishers at warsaw what would the 42 year old matt moore tell the 22 year old matt moore coming out of college you know that's a great question and and when I got that job as a, as a 29 year old, going to be a first time head coach, I thought I was pretty good. You know, I, I understand the game. I think at a high level, um, you know, offensively, I think is probably my bent more than defense. But 
Um, I've done a, I've done a lot of research. I spend a lot of time. I invest a lot of my energy. Uh, I'm a junkie. I mean, I read a lot. I, I watch a lot of YouTube stuff. I talk to people. Um, you know, I think as I look back at that young guy, uh, and how ambitious he was and, and I, you know, I would coach that guy into the table today. And that, and that excites me about the 52 year old coach more versus the guy I am today is mm-hmm. if, if I can continue to learn from people and reach out. But the thing that I think I had to struggle through early was the, the, the concept between the transactional and the transformational coach. You know, when you're 22, um, it's such a hard place to be because the players don't yet respect you enough because you haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. And co- coaches, you know, you're still the young guy and, and you don't add a lot of value in some ways. Uh, so your opinion isn't really taken into consideration all that much just because, again, um, the, the level of experience that you've had versus guys who have been on staff or, or coaching for a while. So, mm-hmm. you know, that 22 to 25, 26 range is really tough. Um, like I said, I had great Al, Al Rhodes and, and Jim Kepter, you know, they gave me freedom, and that was awesome. But I think as I became a head coach, I learned a, a huge the, the value essentially of like, you really got to, it, it can't be a transaction. You know, it's not about, and I think that was one thing that I didn't do a great job my first few years at Mount Vernon was we were getting ready to transition to NCAA Division Two. I wanted to do a fast track to be a Division One head coach. And so it was about, I mean, I could recruit. We had great recruiting classes. But once I got my guys in, I was, I was on recruiting the next guy, and I just never fostered that relationship. And so, you know, something that, that I think about a lot of, you know, even with, with as we build our teams now, um, I was always looking at guys that didn't make it as, you know, it's just a bad seed, you know. And and I think I did not do a good job as a young coach preparing the soil for the different seeds that I was going to have. And I think that that's such a big thing. And and, and I watch what you're doing, your program and and other coaches around the state. You know, people use the word culture. and It's kind of that buzzword. But Mm -hmm. but I, I use the word environment. You know, and, and environment to me is the soil. You know, is our soil ready to take this freshman class that we have coming into Warsaw and to be able to plant them so that they can flourish? Because if we don't do that, if our soil is not good, then those guys that are good seeds are not going to have a chance to, to, to really root and become what they can become. And, even, and then even the ones that are that might be bad seeds, you know, they, they need they need extra attention. They need the watering. They need the environment. And and that's something that, that you just have to go through and you have to struggle and you have to figure out and you have to redo. And, and at some point, you have to humble yourself and go, you know what, this didn't work. Maybe maybe I have to make some changes. And so through that process for me, um, I mean, that's what it's been a lot of, you know, trying to surround yourself with people that will, will tell you the truth and, and be honest with you and, you know, work work right there in the, in the, in the pits with you when it gets tough. And, and as you know, leadership is a lonely place. but. Yeah. Um, when you have the support people, and that's the thing for me, you know, I talked about my family a little bit, I, my, my wife and my kids, you know, I was very fortunate growing up to be able to be positioned and be planted in an environment that allowed me to flourish. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my sister was never jealous of us, uh, of my brothers and I going into coaching. She was always supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, my brothers and I, though we were competitive, always supportive. My mom and dad always supportive. So, I had that environment that allowed me to really blossom. And, and I know not everybody has that, but 
um, I'm very cognizant of it now, and, and it's something that I that I'm intentional about trying to really have an impact on my guys uh, each day I have them. Yeah, you know, like you said, Coach, it, it, I think one of the most challenging parts of, of coaching is when you have those guys that are maybe not doing things the way that you want them to do it, whether it be on the court, off the court. They're just difficult guys, and, and you kind of question yourself, and you're like, hey, did we did we get the soil right, you know, here? Did we did we put the guy in the right spot? Um, but one of the things that, that I've kind of found with some guys that have, have been difficult and maybe maybe it's just me and maybe it's my personality that, that we don't jive, you know, exactly the way that I want that relationship to jive, is to, to put them with an assistant coach that you see that they kind of have a good relationship with and really lean on those assistant coaches, like you said, to see if, if one of those guys can really spark a really good relationship with that player and then kind of work through that coach and that's been kind of a workaround for me sometimes with some difficult difficult kids in the past yeah and yeah. Uh, that's something that's kind of worked well for me but anyway coach um, you know going moving on here uh, again this is the checking it from the cheap seats podcast um, with coach Josh Thompson and today we're joined by coach Matt Moore I want to thank a couple people coach for helping us make this possible obviously the Bari media class the kids are doing an outstanding job with this prog- or this uh, uh, project that we're working on. And then also one of our big sponsors that's come on board, Bruce Helt with Shoot Away. Um, Bruce has, uh, uh, you know, just a great product there, a new 2000 edition gun. You can contact Bruce at 317-667-5543. Uh, Coach, getting back into uh, some of these questions here that, that I've got for you today. What, what would you say has been your highest high in coaching and your lowest low? Man, I mean, selfishly, you know, I, I, I want to win a sectional, you know, and, and I've, I'm, I've always been a builder. And that's, you know, I watch old restoration, you know, car shows and TV shows and, <laughs> yeah. homes and, and that's kind of like, I, I just love the build. I love the hard work and the elbow grease and the sweat equity that goes into that. And, uh-huh. and so everywhere I've been, you know, the five years of Mount Vernon, the three at Kokomo, the three at Fishers, you know, we've, we've built it fairly quickly and have had, you know, some success, but, you know, winning, winning a sectional and taking a group of guys and really, really allowing them to kind of become, um, you know, something that they couldn't do by themselves. And, and I would say for me personally, you know, there were, there were two stints. Um, my, my last year at Kokomo and my last year at Fishers, both the third year, um, we really probably played much better than what our what our talent level was at those places. And it was, they were just two really very different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the ability to kind of see guys fall in love with working hard and doing it together. And, and you know, there were a couple games, and, and we at Kokomo, you know, we had three or four games where we probably shouldn't have been in those games, but we go to Tech after the year they won a state championship and we beat them, right? And and then at Fishers, we, we open the year 12-0, and 0 and we go down and, and beat Bloomington North, at the, you know, down at Bedford in the tournament. And just There were just kind of measuring sticks along the way that, that as a coach, and you know this, there's never a time where in the season you can really – you know, go, and this is a lot of fun, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, because you've you got a game next week. And so 
I'm not a very good celebrator. I, I just, I'm not. And, and I mean, that's probably good. I, I protect myself in that way. Um, but I'm not, a, I don't celebrate often, but then you look back on those seasons or those moments and you go, man, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my first year at, at Fishers, we beat Carmel at Carmel for the first time ever, um, at the buzzer, you know, that was kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the lows, man, it's just, you know, I think in our society, we kind of overreact a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we had a we had an incident where you got to make some tough decisions. And, you know, this last year we had to remove our only two all-conference players from the previous year uh, at the start of the season. You know, and those are tough, tough times because I do feel like, you know, our program is, is built to help guys. And, mm-hmm. and it may not be to, to score points, yeah. um, but, but it's to help guys through the journey of life. And anytime you go through those circumstances where you got to remove guys from the program, it obviously – it's difficult. I've had to do that at, at every stop I've been. There's been a circumstance or two that, you know, it's time to get off that train. But, um, you know, you know, for me, some of the other highs are just, you know, I want coaches that want to be head coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to see Patrick Hopkins go on and get a job. I want to see Drew Fountain at Shortridge go get a job or Josh Burkett or Travis Stanglin or, or Scott Moore. Any of those guys have been on my staff. Like, mm-hmm. I, part of me goes with them then and, and that's exciting, and, and all those guys I named are, have been head coaches, and um, you know that's something I take a lot of pride in. Is I want to I want to position guys just like Coach Rhodes and Coach uh, Kessler did for me to, to go pursue my dream, and, and I hope that I've been able to do that for guys, and I hope I still can. You know, Coach, you, you hit on a couple things there that, that I want to get into. First, you, you talk about how sometimes as a head coach we we don't enjoy the moments. Um, very well because we're we're so busy prepping for the next step and and trying to get our team ready and and obviously peaking toward the end of the year and there was a a moment when I was coaching that that really kind of just caught me and and I thought man I need to step back and enjoy this a little bit my first year at Wood Memorial um, we weren't very good the kids played really hard and I, my my goal was just try to get them to be competitive at the end of the year and have a chance to maybe win a game or two in the sectional. And, and my, my hope was to get them to the sectional final because th- that group, like I said, they just they, they hadn't had a lot of success growing, going up uh, through the grades. And, and we were starting a kid that was a sophomore that was our best player. And anyway, we got about two-thirds of the way through the season, and Southridge comes in, and that's uh, Coach Roush, was at, uh, who's out at Fort Wayne Snyder now, was at Southridge. Mm-hmm. And I think they were like 15-1. and one. 14 and one, something like that. And I think they were rated six or somewhere along those lines in three a, and we were just a one a school, but I thought, man, if these guys really execute this game plan really well, we, we, we could give ourselves a shot. We're playing at home. Uh, Southridge, I thought was probably overlooking us and looking down to some of their opponents later in the season, looking at the sectional. Anyway, we end up winning the game. And after the game is over and everybody's gone, uh, I'm in there and I'm doing some laundry. And my eighth grade coach comes in there, and he came in, and he goes, Coach, he goes, I just want to congratulate you on that big win. He said, but you're in here doing laundry. And I said, hey, I said, we got to get ready. We got Reve on Friday coming in here, and, you know, we, we got to have this stuff ready. And he goes, wouldn't you just take an hour to enjoy this win tonight? And, and you know, on my way home, I thought, there, there are times throughout the season that as head coaches that we've got to do better job and like you said we're wired that way to to be preparing for the next step 
but sometimes we, we do have to step back and, and enjoy it a little bit. Um, but the other thing that you, you talked about, you've done a tremendous job of getting your assistant coaches ready to be head coaches. What are some of the things you do with your younger assistants, your junior high, your elementary coaches, to really get them to be interested and invested in coaching long-term? Well, I think the, the first thing is, I mean, nobody puts in more hours than I do. Mm-hmm. And even the stuff I delegate, I'm there. I'm the first one there. I'm the last one to leave. My wife probably disagrees with that philosophy. But <laughs> um, I, I think people need to see that you're you're vested. Like, I'm, I'm all in. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm coaching, you know, we have, we start what we call Tiger Basketball Academy. We have 111 kids in grades three through eight doing travel basketball mm-hmm. uh, in February. And I'm coaching the eighth grade team and two practices a night. So I'm going for my practices. It's like, so I'm not going to ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do or not that I'm going to do. And, and that's something I think people see that and, and, I just want to support people. I want to give people a voice. I want to include them on things that, you know, a lot of stuff that goes on, a lot of decisions that go on behind closed doors, people don't see. You know, a lot of, sometimes people are protected by things they don't know about. And, you know, some of those tough decisions you have to make with a family and and some of that, um, including them in that's very valuable because um, it's easy to say, well, this is how I would handle it, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, it is. Let's just cut it. Well, you know, there's a lot more to it than that, and and I think it's invaluable to give those guys those opportunities. You know, one thing I do in the summertime is I, I don't try to coach my team in the summer. Um, I'll pick one, maybe two tournaments that we play in, but uh, for a majority of the summer, my my two varsity assistants are coaching the, the JV and the varsity. I do the clock. I sit back. I talk to the guys on the bench. I'm. I'm evaluating their decision-making without my input mm-hmm. um, because I want to see what their strengths are. And then through the course of the se- season, um, they're all, you know, I want to, I want them to kind of get to know what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are so that we can really attack those and, and build them just like we would a player. You know, mm-hmm. you came in as a freshman, we, we're going to have a game plan, you know, at the end of your freshman year is what we're doing by your sophomore year. You need to add this and junior year, you're stacking this and, and I think as coaches, it's the same thing. I think we've got to really challenge those guys to to think about the game differently. And, and one way I do that, I mean, I want you to – you better come back to us this, this next season with having invested yourself in some part of the game. You know, I, I, I did a lot this year. I'm a, I'm a Princeton guy right now, and, you know, I, I was just out at Vegas coaching you live two weeks ago, and I'm trying to find new ways. This weekend I'm going down to the, the Hoosiers gym one. I – I want to learn more about a specific action or element of the game, and I'm just going to dump myself into that, and I want them to do the same. Mm-hmm. And and I think that stuff can be very invaluable for them if they want to be head coaches. And even if they don't, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but they're going to know that, you know, they're going to be supported, and I want them to understand that their, their input is valuable. How many of your former assistants have gone on to be head coach? I think seven. Mm-hmm. I think seven in my 12 years. That's awesome. And then you got guys like Josh that have now moved on to into, into administration and they're going to be great doing that. Yep, uh, yep. You know, you talked about your Tiger Basketball Academy. And, you know, I reached out to you last spring, you know, when you were doing that. And, and I told, told you, I said, I think that's absolutely amazing that you're doing that, especially on the scale that you guys were doing it. Just a question for you and, and kind of a philosophy 
question about the game. When do you think zone defense is appropriate for the younger kids? When do you, when do you start putting that in? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, um, I mean, I think you've got to look at what are we teaching kids that's going to what, – what can they take from that that's going to allow them to succeed mm-hmm. on their own down the road? And I don't know if there – I mean, I don't know if there's much, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Now, if you're looking from the singular, you know, vertical integration of, you know, we're Basil Malby and we play our 2-3 zone and we're going to introduce it to sixth grade, then that's a little bit different because it yeah. fits where they're going to become. But I think generally speaking, I think, you know, teaching kids – how to close. I think you got to be good at what happens a lot. Closeouts. Mm-hmm. You got to be good at blockout pursuit. You got to be good at, you know, stunting gaps, whether you're pack line or whether you're up the line. You got to be good at switching certain actions. So yeah. I think as you build that, I think you got to really be able to teach kids mm-hmm. basketball, yep. not just coach basketball. Well, basketball. you know, coach, to that point, tonight before we got on this podcast together, I was at second grade basketball practice. So I'm coaching this year, I'm coaching my second grade son, his team, and I'm coaching the varsity team this year. So I've got the full gamut, the full spectrum. But we were working on shell drill, three-on-three shell drill. And, you know, I was telling the guys that are helping me, I'm like, listen, one of the reasons why in our league we don't play zone defense, you know, before the fifth grade, that you're not allowed to do that is because it would be real easy to take a group of second-grade kids, stick them in a 2-3 zone, have your guards up top, be extremely aggressive, try to get out in passing lanes and get steals because second-grade kids aren't going to be able to shoot with any type of accuracy outside of 10 feet. And I said, we could win a lot of basketball games and win a lot of tournaments doing that. I said, but that does nothing to help these kids to learn how to play defense as they get older. And by the time they get in junior high, they're going to develop so many bad habits, it's not even going to be funny. Um, So I I definitely agree with everything you're saying. But then there are guys out there, like you said, Basil, that had all that success over the years with with zone defense. And I can remember Drew Smith, who played for Mike Adams at at Wrights. Um, When I was coaching at Springs Valley, there was a Wrights team that came over. They were fourth graders. It was that group that went undefeated and lost to Homestead in the championship game. Mm -hmm. And Drew yep. was a Drew was a third grader, and he was playing up with those guys in the fourth grade. And we didn't have a rule that you couldn't play zone defense. And those kids just absolutely ate people alive with that one-two-two half-court trap that Mike played. Yep. But Mike's entire program played that. So, like you said, there's really more than one way to skin a cat, and there's no one size all. You know, one size fits all. But uh, and I, I think too. I, I I mean, I think to your point. I think if coaches can also get creative in their off season to try things, yeah. I think that's a big thing. You know, I think you know Mishawaka, Marion, up, up our way, they're all types of zones, all types of zones. And in the summer, coach coach he plays man to man. Yeah, he just plays man to man, and and that's something that he's they got to have they can learn how to guard at some point. And yeah. the, the, my my point though being, I think you know learning how to play man defense it will perpetuate understanding mm-hmm. even if you get beat that's what i tell my guys in our program at third grade like you know we played as a school team we entered and played a majority of aau teams mm-hmm. we won four of those tournaments the fourth grade tournament we won i think and then we won two of the eighth grade tournaments with with our school teams mm-hmm. or just our middle school yeah and by us as a third grade team we get you know we get beat by 15 or whatnot you know, by a team that's more athletic than us or more skilled, 
you know, we're going to be able to talk to our kids about closeouts then or about our help side because it's going to help us understand something that we wouldn't if we just sat in a zone. And so for me, from a teaching standpoint, I don't care if we lose, mm-hmm. right? The only guy who gets fired in the program if they don't win is me. There ain't nobody else, yeah, right? Exactly. So the, the sooner we can teach understanding, um, the easier it will be when they get to me to be able to do a lot more things uh, versus trying to teach them that as a ninth or 10th grader. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Coach, um, you know, one of the things that you talked about was your family, but you talked about going to this clinic in Vegas. You talked about going to the clinic, Hoosier Gym, uh, here uh, this weekend or next, and I know you're coming down to speak at the HBCA, and then we're going to be at the Boar's, Boar's Den, um, uh, or the Boar's Nest, excuse me, here in October. How do you balance all the stuff that you do in the off season? And I know, like you said, nobody puts in more time than you do in your program. How do you balance all that with being the dad of four girls, having a little son, and obviously spending time with your wife and, and developing that relationship with her? You know, obviously, the the question you want to say is, you know, you you just do, but but I don't think you do, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, there's there's never a true fifty fifty balance. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at successful people, um, you know, that most of them are loners for a reason, mm-hmm. uh, because leadership is a lonely place. Mm-hmm. That being said, as I said, as I've gotten deeper into my profession, um, I think I've been a lot better at being able to leave it alone and that's honestly why i got out of the collegiate level because for me at the nai level and i could recruit every day for the year i mean i could always recruit i could always be on the road i could always be in the office and so for me i looked at the rules at the at the ihsa level and said look you can't do anything in august you can't do anything and you know so i i really was excited about that where Okay, nobody's going to have an advantage over me because the rules are in place. So mm-hmm. I, I can intentionally take this time off. And, and then I've made some adjustments. Like typically uh, over fall break, you know, I would take my coaches and we'd go on a college coaching tour and we'd go to five or six college practices and we'd spend the whole three, four days out on the road. Well, now I, you know, I tell my coaches, you know, spend the time with your family. I'm doing the same, and so now I'm taking my family to the water park instead. And so those are little adjustments that I've made. Um, you know, once, once you get in season, obviously you're, you're you're invested in that, and you're up, you know, at six, and you're home at eight, and and you you have to be intentional about the time you do get. And that's where I think just you know it's not. My wife and I talked about it the other day we were at church, and they talking about love languages, and you know her love language is quality time. You know, and and. It's, I've got to be more intentional knowing that when I get home and, and engaging with my kids and talking about school and being at their stuff. And, mm. you know, there's just little things you can do. It doesn't have to be, you know, like I said, locked out. Okay, let's go do this time now. But, yeah. you know, have, having the girls come to practice with me or, or, you know, ride on the bus with us, those things are, are special. And um, just trying to be more mindful of that as a head coach. Well, the, the, the thing that I tell people, too, when I get asked that question is – it's got to be a partnership, obviously, between you and your wife um, to, to be invested in the level that you and I are. And then the other thing is it's got to be, you know, something that you do as a family. You know, my kids are around. I know your kids are around the gym and, you know, riding the bus with you and doing different things like that. So it, it's a partnership, I think, with your 
life. And obviously she has to be supportive of everything that you're doing. And then your family is involved. You know, it's just a part of, of who you are as a family. Um, yep. You know, so uh, you talked about doing a college coaches tour. Um, one of the questions that some people that helped me put these questions together put down was, who's your favorite college coach and why? You know, I was fortunate when I was when I was in college um, in in 2000, 2001, we took a trip to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and we got to take John Wooden. I was actually I was actually going to ask you about this because yep. if you are listening out there to the checking it from the cheap seats podcast and you're researching Matt Moore, if you go to Google and type in Matt Moore, you're going to find a picture of you and Coach Wooden. Yeah, that, so I, I was floored. I was floored by yeah. that. So you know, I'm I'm twenty twenty one maybe. Uh huh. He's ninety one. Yes. And we go to lunch, and we were playing Cal State San Bernardino, and I was just like, man, I just, he was two seats across the table from me, and I just stared at him the whole time. <laughs> and I didn't eat, I just stared at him. Yeah. And I remember going, man, this guy is awesome. Yeah. Like, I, I knew of him, but not to the extent. And so we got back from the trip, and, and that night I wrote him a letter, and I just said, Coach, I, I love meeting you. I'd love to come back out. Mail the letter off with, with no real expectation. And three weeks to the day, I get a letter back from Encino, California, a uh, handwritten note from John Wooden that here's my address, here's my phone number, call me, let's set it up. So that night, um, as soon as school got out, early May, I set up. Uh, I got a host family out in, in Los Angeles. I got a flight. I flew out to L.A. by myself. Um, I spent nine hours in, in John Wooden's apartment, just him and I, just talking about the gamut, man, basketball life, his wife, the war, everything. And, yeah. you know, at one point, you know, I used his, his bathroom and just so I could call my mom and dad, I'm like, I'm in John Wooden's bathroom right now. <laughs> um, but it, that, that then turned into, I went out there a total of 10 times over eight years. Oh, wow. Um, and so I, I went, you know, by the fourth or fifth time, you know, he and I were, were carrying on conversations that we had from the previous time. Uh, one of my favorite was, you know, I took my dad and, and Jerry Garato, the, the, the guy I talked about. Um, I took them out with me one time, and and this was probably the fifth or sixth time I had went out. And so we, we had picked him up uh, at his apartment, and those two, you know, were just giddy little kids. They're just laughing each other in the back seat so excited to meet john wooden yeah and so uh coach wooden gets in the car and we, we drive down to a little restaurant called zip and uh little did i know that, that he had already eaten breakfast there that morning he was up at six had breakfast we picked him up at nine and went back to the same place for breakfast okay um but we had breakfast at vips and just had a great time and then went back to his apartment and just it was just really cool for me to see those two guys who had a huge impact on me um, look at him the way uh, that, that, you know, I did probably the first time I saw him. And, and just awesome. So, you, you, you know, just how he coached and, um, you know, even how he played and, and working with, you know, Lou Alcindor at the time and mm-hmm. um, Bill Walton at the time and a lot of those just personalities and how you handle success. And so, so he obviously had a huge impact on me as a young young coach getting ready to get into the profession no that's really um, cool coach and and i when i saw that 
on the internet, I thought, well, you know, Matt was fortunate enough to be out there and, and to get, you know, 30, 45 minutes with Coach Wood, and I didn't know that you went out there nine times to see him. That, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That is really great. Well, Coach, um, I know I've taken a lot of your time tonight, so we're going to put you through a real quick speed round here at the end of this thing. And, um, you know, it's just it's been a blast. I hate to end this call, but it's getting late, and, and we both got school tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to go through this stuff with you, and you just tell me the, the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, okay. All right. So as far as preference, scouting. Do you prefer to scout in person, or do you like watching film better? In person. Okay. Best basketball book that you've ever read? Running Rebel, uh, Jerry Tarkanian. Okay. Favorite baseball team? Uh, Not a huge baseball guy, but if I was, I'd be a Yankees guy. A Yankees guy. Okay. All right. So you're you're scouting in person. You go to the concession stand. What is Matt Moore's go-to? I'm probably going to get a bottle of water and a Snickers. Bottle of water and a Snickers. Coach Moore's favorite movie? Hoosiers. Hoosiers. All right. Um, Somebody's going to give you tickets to any game, professional sports. Who are you going to go watch? Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. All right. Um, Favorite class that you teach during the day? Uh, I'm the attendance director, so I'm the dean of attendance, and so I, I don't teach but when i was teaching i would say uh advanced weight training advanced weight training okay tomorrow is picture day at barry for the elementary school we've already had our picture day uh but when it's picture day for coach moore are you showing up at a polo or a tie i'm a three-piece suit guy (laughs) you'll see me me in a vest on the sideline as well yes yes okay so um coach moore Thank you so much for being on here tonight, giving us your time. Uh, thank you for everything that you do for the game. Um, you know, whenever I talked about doing this podcast, one of the very first people that came to my mind was reaching out to you because I knew you'd do it. Uh, I knew you would be great. You have been everything that I that I hoped you would be for this podcast, and I know that our media class at Bari really appreciates you being on here as well. Um, Coach, thank you for, for being on with us here tonight on Checking It from the Cheap Seats. Tremendous, tremendous time. I, I appreciate what you're doing. And, and maybe the Warsaw Tigers can come south sometime soon and uh, we can get our teams together and play some basketball. Hey, I, I would love that. I would love that. That's one of the things that, that we're actually kind of working toward doing down here a little bit is, is trying to maybe do something over the holidays where we bring some teams in like you. And uh, I would definitely love to make that come to fruition if we could get it done so coach again thank you so much for for being on with us and uh, best of luck to you and the tigers this year you too coach thank you very much you've been listening to the checking it from the cheap seats podcast with coach thompson produced by the Bari media class again thank you to coach moore for being on this week and next week we will be joined by chris hawkins the head coach at indianapolis addicts We look forward to having Coach Hawkins on, and until then, keep checking it from the cheap seats.